most powerful things a parent can say or grandparent is, I don't know. What do you think? And then let's discover it together. And the whole idea behind four gens and everything we do with four gens is if they discover it for themselves and the, it'll be theirs and they'll take it and they'll run with it throughout life and, and hang on to it. But if we teach them and if we tell them what they should think and everything else, well, then it's ours. It's not necessarily theirs. And so the Discovery Ministry learning motif has been powerful in what we're doing. Well, welcome. I'm Kevin Harper, your host of Engaging the Generations. And along with my co-host, Sarah Greenstreet, we want to welcome all of our listeners to an, another edition of our podcast. You know, Sarah, Reed's statement, it was a great statement about this reference of impacting uh, people in, our, in the next generations. And it was a very honest statement. I don't know. Let's discover it together. When we're willing to make concessions like that and statements like that, I think it can have a huge impact. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I know our next guest will have some good ideas about how we can encourage other generations uh, to own their faith for themselves. No matter how great a family upbringing any of us have that have parents who truly are followers of Christ, we don't inherit that faith just because we're part of the family. We really have to take steps to make it our own, but our families can definitely help and encourage. So why don't you introduce us to our guest as he talks about passing on a Christ-centered inheritance generation to generation. Yeah, I'm glad to do that. So really glad to have with our with us today on our podcast, uh, Reed Hermstadt. How about I just say it right? Reed Hermstad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the stat, that sounds German. Hey, stop. Reed Hermstad. <laughs> yeah, so glad to have Reed Hermstad yes, yes, yes. <laughs> with us today. And um, known Reed for several years now, and uh, we've had a privilege of doing a few things together. Yeah. Um, but Reed, uh, just tell our listeners today a little bit about yourself, what you do, what you're yeah. doing now, what's right. going on in your life. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, I'm actually created a ministry called Four Gens. And uh, where it actually started was uh, my great-grandfather, John Hermstead, came over from Norway and uh, ended up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And then these, they went to a meeting where they heard from the mainline inland main mainline inland China ministry, whatever it's called. I'm not saying it right. China inland. China inland. Yeah. And uh, anyway, but through that they came to know Christ and they were converted. And then they spent the rest of their life pouring into children and families. And that was four generations ago. I'm the great grandson of John. He wow. was he was passed away long before I was born. But that's where our ministry actually happened, because I seemingly have the same passion for families, for children, and uh, being able to pass on a Christ-centered inheritance to people that maybe aren't even born yet, huh. and maybe will be born after I'm gone. But uh, but that's what Four Gens is about. I I'm married to my wife Jude. We've got our anniversary tomorrow, which is kind of kind of fun. Happy years. anniversary! Yeah, got two daughters, and we actually live in Lansing, Michigan, with one of our daughters, and are enjoying that because I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, of course. So we're kind of back in the Midwest. Yeah. So a little bit about me. Yeah. So tell us how Four Gens came about, and mm. and what, what's your mission objectives? For right. Four right. I uh, I started off my career in high tech sales. Uh, kind of riding the networking wave when it was first taking off. But, you know, once I devoted my life to Christ, it seemed like more and more that I really wanted to go into ministry and see what the Lord wanted me to do. I wasn't getting the fulfillment out of my business career that I thought I would be having. And so I started pursuing different avenues of ministry, but then kind of came 
back to the point of looking back to my history, all the way back to my great grandfather, and then moving forward and seeing this this line of people that poured into uh, the different generations. And so uh, I realized after working at my church with different people I respect in uh, more of a children's ministry, middle school ministry, and whatnot, that the power of a parent or a grandparent in a life of a child is profound. That if you really want to reach the parent reach the child. If you want to reach a child, reach the parent. It goes together. And so, and I also saw uh, something strange where the parents seem to be abdicating their responsibility of pouring in this Christ-centered inheritance and they're dropping it off, the kids off of the church and expecting the church to do it, expecting the church to take it and pour that in. And they go off and do a date or do whatever they're going to do. And then they pick up the kids later. And I thought, boy, that's a that's quite a burden to put on a church. And that's where we started putting together some sort of of way of approaching uh, these parents and these grandparents with a curriculum that they didn't have to have a seminary degree to be able to meet with their child. Because there's a lot of fear when it comes to a parent or a grandparent actually interfacing with a child or a grandchild. A lot of fear. So we came up with uh, a method called discovery learning so that a parent and a child could come together and they're both discovering it together. They're both learning together. As a matter of fact, Kevin, maybe one of the most powerful things a parent can say or a grandparent is, I don't know. What do you think? And then let's discover it together. And the whole idea behind four gens and everything we do with four gens is if they discover it for themselves and the, it'll be theirs and they'll take it and they'll run with it throughout life and, and hang on to it. But if we teach them and if we tell them what they should think and everything else, well, then it's ours. It's not necessarily theirs. And so the discovery ministry learning motif has been powerful in what we're doing. So our mission then today is to pass on this Christ-centered inheritance to these children using a variety of methods with grandparents, as well as parents, guardians, foster parents, uh, whichever, whatever that looks like. For so tell us a little bit about some of the methodologies that you've, you've developed to make that happen. Uh, you, you've got some really cool online stuff that you can use right. with the with, uh, families. Yeah. Well, we took, we took a look at the kids and Kevin, we thought, you know, we've got to come into their world. They don't, they're not going to come into our world. And so we, we looked at a lot of different articles. We actually worked with the kids. We had, uh, we, we did a lot of testing with children and we realized a couple of things. Uh, number one, their attention span was about 23 minutes. I mean, for having a dialogue with a parent or grandparent, it's, it's relatively short. Also, uh, they were on their phones. As a matter of fact, Barna just came out with a research uh, statistics saying that the typical child, a 15-year-old child, is on their phones about 2,742 hours a year, more than full-time. And so we thought, okay, if we're going to do this, we better bring it to the device that they have in their pockets and that they're utilizing. The other thing that we realize is a lot of times the grandparents have been bifurcated, if you will, away from the nuclear family. And they've been sent down or they go down to Florida to kind of just be snowbirds and do their thing there or maybe down into Arizona. And we need to have a way to bridge the the gap of distance. And so with an application that we wrote for the phone, we also wrote an application or had an application written for us, I should say, where they could actually do a remote connection with their grandfather, grandmother, mother, father, wherever where they are. And they could see each other on the phone, right, and see the application and be able to do it together, but have it be very simple, kind of a one-button approach to be able to have that. And so we thought, okay, that works. But that brought us to the next problem. And that is we still had a fear issue with the parents and grandparents. They just didn't feel comfortable. And we, we have realized that the answer to doing that is to put a parent or a grandparent into a group 
of peers where they're all doing the same things. They get together. Uh, they, they learn about the lesson. They learn about what they're going to be talking about. They practice. They look at different illustrations they can use alongside with the, with the software that we gave them. And then they go and they, their assignment is to have a time then with the child sometime during that week. And then they come back the next week. And the first part of the meeting is a debrief. Okay, let's talk about how it went. You know, and let's get it all on the table. And then as a group, let's see what we can do to come up with things. We had the parents actually come back to the group. And the first order of business was to do a debrief on how it went. And each parent goes around, we go around the circle and they give feedback as to how it went. We give them a couple of questions they use in order to make sure we get the proper information out there. And then as a group, we can look at different solutions, ideas, thoughts that, that the parent could use with that child next time around. But most importantly, what we, what, we, what we did, and probably the most important thing with this whole thing is we tabled all that stuff. We had all that information, but then everybody wrote it in their prayer book for this group and they dated it. And so the, one of the missions of the group is we need to take the, these issues, we need to pray about them. And we need to pray why this person's meeting with their child as well. And then come back the next week and have a discussion, see what the Lord's telling the people regarding this, and then answer these questions as best as possible. We also have other ancillary resources that they can go to, like Access, for example, or Family Research Council or Barner or whatever, because there is a lot of different places that may have some of the information that they're looking for. So is the material targeted to a certain age group? Mm. Yes. This, we, <laughs> we, we really start off going from the age of seven to 11. Uh, this is an age where the children really would like to dialogue with a the parent. They like to explore, they'd like to discover, and they are just kind of moving into that phase of life where they'd like that type of vacation. And then up to 11 years old, where we, we thought with what we've put together and the information, this is probably age appropriate to 11. It's been interesting. We've had a lot of people doing it at 12, 13, 14, and 15 years old as well. And that's kind of surprised us. We've also kind of realized that maybe seven might be a little bit too young, depending on the child. Right. And we maybe go right. to 11, which is probably more, a little bit more appropriate. And so it's one of those kind of things, Kevin, where, you know, you take a swing at the plate and then you go, yeah, okay, we need to absolutely. adjust it. Need to adjust but it. it's a tool that's really needed. And, and I, I, the people who are listening to us today, I'm sure there's some grandparents as well as parents saying, oh, I didn't even know such a tool was there. Yeah. So where, where would they find access to that tool? Yes. It's, we, uh, we actually have it on uh, um, the Google Play, which is for Android, where you can actually download it. Or we also have it on uh, the App Store, which is more the Apple version of it. And you can download it onto your phone as an app. And then you just press the and button. And what's it called? Excuse me. It's called P as in Paul slash elements. It's a forward slash. So P forward slash elements. Elements is Good. what it is. Right. Yeah. And it's, by the way, it's very quick to download. And then to get into it, you just press the button and you're actually in there. So do you feel that you're getting good results um, on, on what you put together? I mean, are you happy with uh, the way it's playing out? Yeah. Yeah. We've had some some tremendous results. And we get feedback from the different parents and grandparents as to how it's working, both uh, being local to the child as well as, or the young adult, as well as over distances. Either way, okay. we've seen good results. And we also, I put in a, uh, a tutorial on each and every lesson where they can, if they want to, they can actually, I'll take them through it on this video. And what's been really interesting to me is I can keep, I can tell who's doing what, because the video kind of lets me know that somebody's watching this. Yeah. And, and so it's like, yeah, it is working. And people are taking a look at that virtual training yeah. as they go through it. Maybe as a reminder, if nothing else, or getting, garnering some tips. Sure. So they can do that along with the group. 
Sounds good. Yeah. So I know you also do a lot of work with uh, men, not just parents yeah. or grandparents, but you all do a lot of work with men in encouraging them to uh, go deeper yeah. in their own lives. Exactly. And uh, also then to do that with their sons and such, like like using this tool yeah. with it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about why you're doing that. I mean, mm-hmm. what's what's what do you see as the need and, and, and why are you reaching out to yeah. them that way? It's such a great question. And the bottom line is, is that the men need to understand and grow in the Lord themselves, but they need to know and they need to realize, understand their responsibility as a parent to pour into their kids. And, you know, we have a child in common with one of our groups where the child is is sick and has had many surgeries and may not pull through a young, a young child. And just the thought that the parent needs to engage and really work with the child on the salvation experience, making sure there's that assurance of salvation is critical when we look at that particular situation. But also for the other kids, it's not only that, but it's also building that foundation and framework of faith that others are going to be building on. You and I both know that. Right. So let's make sure that they that we've poured in at least the framework so that they can grow and mature through this the sanctification process, if you will, of walking. So what about those dads out there listening who might say, it sounds great, Reed, but I have no idea what to do. Well, yeah, again, as we do, as we talked about earlier with this discovery learning, you don't really need to know what to do. If you just go to our website, www.forgeons.com, that'll show you how to get involved in a particular group. Or by the way, if you'd rather do a one-on-one type of venue, we're more willing to do that with you as well. Um, so that you can actually... When we'll walk it, walk you through it step by step by step with your child and make sure that you understand exactly what needs to be done, how, what it looks like and stuff like that. So how does what you're doing and stuff that you're sharing with us today, um, that, that relates particularly to family. Yes. Um, so have you given much thought to how you can do this whole intergenerational discipleship process outside the family people i mean several many of our listeners i'm sure are older older listeners yes um what would you say to them who whose children are all grown and gone uh how can i mean as grandparents obviously they can still have that impact with their family but what about outside their family yeah what kind of impact would you um challenge them to to consider yeah and what i would say to you is is go to your local church because they have they have typically a lot of contacts with different type of organizations that that may deal with children or give children some sort of semblance of family that don't have it i i think of like big brother is there a way to go to a big brother type of organization and then provide this type of interaction with one of those young adults that desperately need it or the foster care organization, you know, the kids that aren't in foster care yet, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. There's places that you can take this and minister to children that may not be your biological children, but they become your spiritual children. We got to remember that. Uh, First Corinthians 4.15, even though I have 10,000 guardians in Christ, they don't have many fathers or I become your father through the gospel, right? It's that type of thing. And this is, this is something I, I, I suspect that um, the temptation is not to give much thought to once we get to the so-called retirement stage. And you, you know, I, I hate that word, yeah. uh, retirement, but it's, it's a reality that exists right. in our world today. Um, and, and there are some that may just be thinking, you know, I'm too old to be able to do anything right. here. Uh, I mean, who's going to listen to me? 
Yeah. It's really interesting. My experience has been, because I'm a, I'm a gray hair myself, is that the, 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 the children, the young adults want an intergenerational relationship. They desire that. They don't look at us as we may look at ourselves and just having a conversation with them. If, by the way, we're being loving, we're being listening, we are being, give them some wise advice. If we're building them up and explaining how much the Lord loves them. No, they're all for that. Yeah, they really are. But I think the key is, is that you have to come in their life and you have to let them know that you are there, you care and that you want to help and that you're part of. And this is what it means to be part of the family of God. I, I mean, this is what we've been called to do. Uh, one of my favorite passages is Psalm 71, when uh, you know David just says, even in when, my, when I'm old and gray, I will proclaim your might and your works to the next generation. The next generation. Yeah. Another thing that we, we've been exploring, Kevin, that I, that I wanted to mention is we, hmm. we've come up with this concept called SEEDS, S-E-E-D-S. And we have seen in doing this that in going through this process, life issues come up. They just happen. The child will mention it and all of a sudden it's like the parent's not sure what to do or the grandparent's not sure what to do, whether that's uh, gender, whether that's LGBT, whether it's something like that. We see that sometimes it comes up and we've been working with the grandparents and parents on number one, how do you answer and how do you interface with that initial conversation? We call it planning a seat of conversation. And then how do you follow up with that in the future? And what's what's a very uh, loving, kind, gentle way in order to bring up the conversation again, or if the child does again? And then thirdly, where is a place that you can go and get some information regarding that? And maybe a little bit of help on how to deal with that particular issue. Because there's one thing with discipling. If you think discipling is just going to hang into the spiritual realm and stay there, you're mistaken. It opens it up to the world and everything that the child may be facing. God created us for this world uh, for the purpose of being instruments of flourishing in this world. So, yeah, I mean, it has to relate to this. Yes, But we have to be able to do it in such a way that is that is loving, that is Christ-like. But also, we we recognize the severity of where where it's at, and maybe have to um, provide the the person with the proper care, contacts, direction that they need in order to be able to help. And that's critical. Okay, where are you at? Is this a kind of a low low priority one, or is this one where they're they're you know really? Ready to start making some major changes in their life, and there are a lot of a lot of those places of question uh, that come in a child's life, and where do they turn to find answers to that? And again, it's and and, and we talked about this earlier. It's the gospel is at the heart of all of this. Obviously, Huge. I mean, the gospel changes everything because it changes us and our hearts. But the gospel, the gospel is not just simply for us to get a free ticket to heaven to escape the fiery consequences of eternity and judgment, but is also that we might be instruments of God's glory and purposes, which are also fulfilling to us. Exactly. Right? And this so this is this is really this is really critical. It's 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 not just talking about biblical truth, but how that biblical truth relates to everything in life. And that's kind of what you're trying to do with what you're doing at Four Gems. Yes. Is connect the answers that God gives us to the lives we're living today. That's exactly right. And yeah, so. 
We're doing it a couple different ways, by the way. We, you know, in the, in the group we talked about where we do the debrief and yeah. then we go through yeah, the yeah. lesson again. Yeah. Well, the idea is to end up the lesson looking at a seeds topic where here is a particular topic you may be running into, but we just want to educate you that this may come up so that they're ready. And then another way of doing it is we've got a little newsletter called the Cultural Translator that we sign them up for that they get every week. And I tell them, I said, sometimes it's painful to read, but just read it because it gives <laughs> you, it brings you into their world again, because they want a trusted avenue to turn to. They do. And if you don't know it, they'll go to their friends and they'll go to the internet. And we really don't want it to be going. Well, and, and, and it's not even that they expect us to be savvy on all of this stuff. Right. That's that the world that they live in is not the world we grew up in. And so, you know, we're strangers and foreigners to much of this many times, but it's that, that we care about where they are living and, and how their world works right now. And that we're, we're taking some effort yes. to learn. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. And so we, uh, we've seen some, some good results and, um, I think this just returning to one of the other things I mentioned is bathing everything in prayer and having mm. it very much be a prayer activity uh, is critical to the success of the mission. Anything else you would like to share with our listeners today to challenge them in this area of intentionality regarding reaching out to the next generation? You know, maybe just a comment, Kevin. Um, I would recommend that you engage. I would recommend that you come into their life and be a part of their life. And I believe that you'll find something very different than what you thought initially. Yeah. That they want to interface. They want to be a part. They want to have these, these, these more ethereal conversations and dive into it and explore and, and learn stuff for themselves. Sure. But they need somebody to help them. And you're right. I mean, you're right. We sometimes think that they don't. Right. But I, I recently just had a conversation <clears throat> with some teenagers who were part of a focus group that we had gathered together, but multiple generations. And it was interesting, these teenagers, these are high school kids, uh, all said, um, you know, we would like to be a part of a community where all the generations are, are working together. Yeah. So in our church, we have community groups or small groups, whatever your church calls life groups or whatever. And they're generally made up of adults. You know, there may be some 20-somethings, but it's mostly 30s and, and older. And uh, that was what they were referring to is, why can't we be part of something like that? Why can't we be included in that conversation? Right. We think we could learn a lot from the older generations. And by the way, we think they could learn something from us, too. <laughs> yeah. And it's the craziest thing, Kevin, because I know you've experienced it. We've experienced it where we have children of a, of a certain age that are still under our roof. And sometimes if a friend that's an older gener a gentleman, for example, talks to my daughter regarding an, an issue, she'll listen to him sometimes more than she'll <laughs> listen to me. And I'm so grateful to the person. Absolutely. Because, because yeah, but you have to have that. You have to have this intergenerational right. rubbing, if you will, but, you know, between them. And so it's, it's really something. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. And so grandparents that are out there. Some of you may think, hey, you know, um, my grandkids are getting to be teenagers or young adults. <laughs> and, I, you know, I just... I just don't relate to where they are in their world. But uh, if they know you care, I think they really want to be a part of your life. Of I really do. And what you're doing helps them to really connect with you at a level that really matters. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I think, too, that, that this is a scary proposition. We know that there's fear. Yet we come together as a group. We do it as we lift it up to the Lord. And courage comes. 
And we actually yes. engage and then we realize that it's very pleasant and it's very right. Yeah. And that's a great way of saying it, isn't it, Sarah? It's very pleasant and very right when we move past our fears and lovingly and intentionally engage with those we love with genuine humility. Wow, there's so much we can learn from each other. Yeah, that's so true. We can't forget the intentional part. Whether we're talking about family members or those in the family of God, people need to know that others outside of their own generation care about them and are willing to share the gospel. Yeah, that's really true. And if you appreciate the insights of Reed Hermstad about discipling children, grandchildren, and others, I urge you to check out some of the incredible resources he offers to you to help you do just that. You can find them at 4Gens, that's the number 4, G-E-N-S dot com, 4Gens dot com. We also want to hear from you with your comments and questions. You can leave us your comments at podcast at elderquestmin.com. Until our next podcast episode, I'm Sarah Greenstreet. And I'm Kevin Harper, urging you to intentionally and faithfully commend the mighty works of God and His truth to another generation, beginning with your own family. Mm -hmm. God God bless. bless.